Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And if you're one of our patrons, this is your extended ad-free version of this week's show. And thank you very much to our newest patron, Aaron Everett. Thank you very much for joining us. We're without my beautiful bearded buddy, Ian, this week. Um, he called me in tears earlier today, actually, to tell me that he'd punctured his favourite trampoline right ahead of his appearance at the Birmingham Bouncing Festival this coming weekend. So he's gone down to the shops for some replacement elastic. Instead, please welcome and favourite, I must say, Naomi Kerbel. Hello, thank you for having me. Are you a trampoline enthusiast? For any woman who has had a child, one should know that you do not go on a trampoline post-childbirth. Ah, interesting. Yes, Def- unless, unless you have a lot of tenor lady. Right, interesting. Yes. You see, this is the kind of insight I don't get out of Ian. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot I don't get out of Ian by the sounds of it, which is uh, which is excellent. And thank you, patrons, for keeping uh, helping keep Ian at least cash positive during this difficult time. Uh, but staying on the theme, we'll jump into some news. Uh, firstly, that is that Facebook and eBay have been ordered to take urgent action to stop fake online reviews that are increasingly being used by companies to deceive customers. This is according to a Guardian write-up this week. The paper said that the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, or CMA, to its friends, had found troubling evidence of a thriving marketplace for fake and misleading online reviews after spending the last eight months looking for evidence. It discovered... 100 listings on eBay from companies and individuals offering fake reviews for sale and 26 Facebook groups where people offered to write fake reviews uh, to order uh, or for businesses who are recruiting people to write fake and misleading reviews for popular shopping and review websites. Bit of a mouthful, but basically there's a problem with fake reviews and company, these both these companies have been told uh, to conduct an urgent review of their sites, uh, again, according to this write-up, which they will. Now, this is not a new issue, right, Naomi? I mean, am I, am I making this up or, or have we had a kind of a problem with fake interactions like this for donkey's years. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. If you think back to all of the things on TripAdvisor, you think you're going to a marvellous place, and uh, yet it's not. Same with Airbnb, actually. I don't know whether they're fake reviews or, you know, um, I don't know, mates who are, well, I suppose it is fake, mates writing positive um, po- positive things. But in terms of eBay, it's so funny. At my desk right now, mm-hmm. there are two eBay packages, because I've, I've been loving um, a particular cleaning expert on Instagram. Instagram and I follow her avidly. Oh my, hang just a second. Can you tell what is her name? Mrs. Hinch. Is she the one who's got an impossibly clean flat? Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. And she has a dog. I don't know how she does it. We, You and I would need to talk offline about this because we <laughs> definitely have very different opinions uh, in the Langson household versus the Kerbal <laughs> versus, house. Versus the... But um, I have... Because she's really big into eBay, mm. I have been looking at various bits and pieces on eBay, like mops and sponges and things like that and then I started going into earrings I thought oh my god look at these really cheap earrings with fabulous reviews I'm going to buy some for my sister-in-law well they arrived and with lots of Chinese packaging and um, 
which also depresses me because I'm trying to be a bit more eco. Right. So much plastic. And uh, the last two lots that I've ordered were broken. Like the butterflies have gone. And then I also ordered some really pretty looking uh, mirrors and uh, picture frames. And again, both of those broken. I have to say that the the ability to review and leave feedback has been amazing. Like they've been very, very prompt in responding. But I did it based on the kind of 98%, you know, Superseller feedback that I read online. So now that's really interesting because I also had an eBay experience recently. As regular listeners uh, to the show, and um, now sadly I'm afraid won't be potential customers. Um, I've been trying to flog a MacBook Pro as a result of my love for the iPad Pro that I bought several weeks after buying a MacBook Pro. Now I have finally sold it, which is good news. I'm not going to try anymore to flog it to. Well, I've tried to sell it to <laughs> you. Tried, yeah. uh, I tried. To sell, I tried to sell it to a few mates. You, you did. And, um, and and I've tried to sell it to a listener, uh, several listeners, but um, but it's fine. It's gone now, and I hear they're very happy with it, which is excellent. But I only had a rating of five on eBay, you know, because I I, ha- I mean I used to have a lot more in a very old account, but that was well over a decade ago. So this is more like a new account, and all of those feedbacks so far, bar one, were for buying things. So I, I you know spending. Or close to £2,000 from someone with a five rating took a lot of trust from the buyer. Mm-hmm. And I do think that probably impacted the number of people that maybe uh, wanted to try and buy it from me. But what was very, very interesting through the selling process was the number of emails and questions I would get from what were, to me, very obviously fake um, questionnaires asking questions about would I accept such and such for it as in price or would I ship to such and such or all this stuff. And the common thread throughout all of those is that they all had quite strange usernames, always had a number at the end of them, or most of them did, and none of them had any feedback. And so to me, it was, and all like one-line questions. Mm. So it was just very obvious that th- that's people who are just writing in and saying can I buy this and it's probably hacked accounts and on a couple of occasions I got an email maybe the next day from eBay saying we detected that you may have had a message from a compromised account or from an you know unregistered account you know please disregard this account's been blocked blah 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 okay so that's impressive they were already doing something so they were doing it but the difference is is that that was on a very purely on a very private peer-to-peer level you know um they wanted me to email a different email address and things like that whereas with reviews it's it's very public and it's designed for lots and lots and lots of people to see whereas in this instance it was a very different type of issue which i think has been around a lot longer than this um where- and maybe it's something to do with the ebay algorithm making sure stripping out the ones that are crappy and making sure that there is a balance within the reviews but i suppose you can you can filter can't you Uh, five stars down or whatever. Exactly. I mean, you know, when I've been talking to friends who've got products or or this sort of stuff that, that, that they're selling or that they, you know you see it all the time when a friend has done something or or has put something on sale you know they all want you, their friends to go and leave feedback and 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 help them and technically that's a fake review because it's wildly biased but i've always said like you know no i'm not going to do that but i'm just throwing this out there asking all of your friends to leave a glowing five star review is a worse idea than asking them to give you a four star review because a four star review is still a good review but it looks more legitimate 
in amongst all the other ones. So true. But also, like I say at the end of my podcast, I say, oh, please leave me. Please rate and review the show. Of course, I don't want to say, please give me a one star. Please give me a four star. So I'm doing it in my own little way. They're not fake reviews because they are my listeners. But I certainly at the beginning of my podcasting journey was asking my friends who had listened to leave me a nice review. If you are enjoying text message this week, uh, please do, of course, leave us a five star review on iTunes. Only five stars. Uh, Really good adjectives uh, include amazing, life changing, sensational, revolutionary, inspirational and i would go as far as saying um oh arousing (laughs) let's carry on with the ebay story that was just a little comedic interjection ladies and gentlemen um the whole reviews thing it's not a new issue we've talked about this fake reviews have been a problem for many years i actually consulted google trends which i haven't used for quite a long time to see how worldwide search volume for fake amazon reviews has increased over the over the years and there's evidence of it being a notable search term as far back as 2004 Uh, but it's only it only really began to spike around 2015 and i'm pretty sure that's probably because Amazon's growth uh, and its prioritising of its consumer, uh, of its customer reviews, like basically if you if you get more people to leave reviews, then you're probably going to get more people searching about, you know, how to spot a fake one. Um, but Amazon definitely has been allowing people to leave customer reviews way, 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 way before 2015. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that, you know, it's over maybe, let's say, the last five years that, at least as far as Google Trends are concerned, people have been aware enough for it to look like a growing trend uh, in Google, at least in the UK. But I'm pretty sure the figures I was looking at uh, were, were were global. I mean, do you know how to spot a fake review? Mm. Would you know? Other than five stars. It, it was what you said at the beginning. Right. Um, funky names right, yes. would, be, um, would be a red flag for me. Um, too effusive mm. uh, with not enough balance. But, you know, I'm a journo, so I'm always looking for a bit of balance. Yeah. And you can also fake the fact that you've bought a product because a lot of companies in fact will give you the money to make a legitimate purchase from amazon often usually um to compensate you for that purchase but then it means when you do leave a review you can get the little verified purchase next to your review which adds an authenticity that actually isn't deserved right okay Oh, I don't know. I, I've been too effusive in reviews in the past. I did one for a friend uh, when I went and stayed in their place in Portugal. And they wrote back to me and said, this is too effusive. Please, can you can you stop writing about the fluffy pillows and the beautiful sunsets? <laughs> this is where I think there's a market for because you see this in greetings cards. I think there's a real market for greetings cards that are nice and they're polite, but they're not over the top. Yeah. I always find greetings cards are very much like you are the best mum in the world and as a the most journalist, generous mother-in-law it's like have you done it like actual analysis of all the mothers and you have decided <laughs> that the evidence points that yours is the best so what you really want is to say relative to my experience of parenting <laughs> you rank amongst the highest or in the, the top, top- Two to three percent. Exactly. And that's based on these criteria. Yeah. I haven't accounted for international cultural differences, things like that. And I think there's a real market there. But that said, I bought um, a birthday card for my brother last year with an exceptionally rude word on the front. He was very amused by it, um, but I wouldn't have bought it for my mum. Now, I, I thought we could have a little bit of fun with this because it's Friday and it's hot and 
we're tired. Mm. Uh, and, but there is some amazing, uh, there are some amazing roundups of reviews that are not fake necessarily on Amazon, but are certainly written to provoke certain opinions. And I thought it might be a bit of a laugh for us to go Please. through these. And, and I will read them out. And you can tell me whether you think they are born of a legitimate purchase or whether they are... Fact or fake? Fact or fake. Yes, exactly. Fof. 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 I'm going to get a a, a badge with with FOF written on it. Um, Okay, so so these are reviews. And thank you to BuzzFeed for rounding up these because they definitely had the best uh, gathering skills of of my Googling for this one. Uh, The first review is for a large pack of tissues. Here we go. This is the quote. I want to start this off by thanking Kleenex for selling these in 36 packs. I've put it on subscription, and if they want to start selling a 72 pack, sign me up. I have three reasons for needing this much Kleenex, and their names are Liam, Samuel, and Hank. This is how it goes in our house. First, the Kleenex disappears. Then, the toilet paper. Then they go for the fabrics. And you don't... And you don't want it to get there unless you're ready to invest in a five-gallon drum of Febreze. This used to be a good Christian home, but it's not about moral judgment anymore. I'm way beyond that. I'm in survival mode. If I don't supply absorbent paper products, I'm going to find my dish towels hidden in a basement stiff as aluminium. The other days, I, the other day I almost cut my hand on a sock. I'm sorry to speak so frankly, but with three teenage boys, a woman has got to be practical. Real? Fact. Fact. All right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I'm an only child, right? Um, and uh, I don't have all that much, um, all that much to relate it to. But I would say fact. Fact. Okay. Now, next up is for a re- removal, uh, a review for some hair removal cream for men. This one was on uh, on Amazon UK. Being a loose cannon who does not play by the rules, the first thing I did was ignore the warning and smear this all over my knob and bollocks. <laughs> the bollocks I knew and loved are gone now. In their place is a, is a maroon-coloured bag of agony, which sends stabs of pain up my body every time it grazes against my thigh or an article of clothing. <laughs> I am suffering so that you don't have to. Heed my lesson. Do not put on knob and bollocks. Parentheses. I'm giving this review a five because despite the fact that I think my bollocks might fall off, they are now completely hairless. I, 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 gone. Fake. You think fake? Because I thought the first one was fake and I thought this one is probably legitimate. Okay. All right. What, but, why? Because I'm a man. Okay. Yeah, but you're, because a, you're, I can, you're a man in the first one as well. Uh, it's all men in the Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah, well, they, they were teenage boys. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm far beyond that okay, now. Okay, you're way beyond that. Um, but for this one, this reads to me like a person who has experienced something and he wants to pass on some genuine advice to his fellow man. And by the sounds of it, this probably could be used by women for a similar purpose. But And it is. But uh, And therefore, I'm just slightly bemused as to why you wouldn't realise you can't put it directly onto your genitals. OK, let's do let's do one more. Um, this one is for a book called Where is Baby's Belly Button? A Lift the Flap Book. This book is completely misleading. The entire plot revolves around finding Baby's Belly Button. The title makes this much clear from the beginning. However, there is no mystery. There is no twist. Baby's Belly Button is right where it's supposed to be, on Baby's Stomach, right where it clearly shows you it is on the cover of the book, all capitals. 
This plot is a complete mess as a result of its reliance on the mystery of where the belly button is. Everything falls apart the second you realise that the belly button was in plain sight all along. There's no conflict, there's no character development, there is scarcely any plot. Whoever wrote this book must have a serious error in judgement, because you would have to be an infant to not immediately understand where belly, baby's belly button is. This is one of the worst pieces of literature I have ever read. Fact. You reckon <laughs> That's got to be fake. That's got to be a fake review. See, it's really hard to tell from the content alone, because one of the things I really like about all these reviews, and you can't tell this from my, my reading of it, but the grammar is excellent. The grammar. That's why I think facts because I've read them before. Oh, really? Okay. So because in this one, really good use of semicolons. You often see that abused. This had a very good use of semicolons, and in the first one, again, very good use of hyphenation. You know, but people wouldn't necessarily do seventy-two pack as opposed to seventy-two packs, but they did. They hyphenated seventy-two pack as an. Uh, Wasn't there? There was somewhere that it was an it's right. An it is rather than an it. Oh, yeah, no, probably yeah. fake. Okay, well, they were some. Uh, they was they were some fun uh, examples. Um, we we did a few extra for for, for the patrons because we essentially found too many of them and they were too uh, funny. Um, but you can find links to all these reviews, including the ones we didn't read out. Uh, we've also got a, a blog that I found on CNET about how to spot. Uh, fake reviews on Amazon and, and and other online stores. And I'm pleased to say that these will feature in the show notes and they'll also feature on our brand new website. Woo-hoo. This isn't in... Well, it is in the script a little bit. We have a whole new website. It's easier to pronounce. We're not changing the name of the show, but we are changing the show's website. And it's a fully dedicated website for text message. It's not a subdomain of my blog anymore. It's its own site. It's got its own blog. It's got everything. It looks lovely, if I say so myself. UKTechShow.com Ta-da! There you go. It's very literal. But it's very easy to pronounce. It's much more easy, uh, much easier than than the others. UKTechShow.com. Do uh, go there. And if you would like to send any examples of fake reviews that you've written or read, then uh, you can send that to our new email address to go along with our new domain. Hello at UKTechShow.com. Tesco shoppers could soon be buying their groceries in futuristic checkoutless stores as the supermarket chain fights back against growing competition from e-commerce giant Amazon, The Telegraph wrote this week. The British supermarket is developing technology, apparently, that will allow customers to walk around its stores, load up their shopping bags, and then walk out without even putting them through a till, again, according to uh, The Telegraph. This is because it said it, it has an artificial intelligent artificially intelligent camera network and sensors on shelves that would detect what people are picking up and putting in their baskets and automatically charging them for the shopping as they leave. Customers would be prompted to add their payment details to an app or use screens that show a running till, uh, like a running bill, so they can pay before they leave the store. Again, all according to The Telegraph, this is in early development. But this does remind me an awful lot of what we've seen Amazon doing with the Amazon Go concept and stores in in the US. Am I mistaken? No, it, I, I think it's really similar. Um, personally, I love it. I, I I get so fed up with getting to the... First of all, you've got to take your bags with you and then you 
you're, you're, you're sort of double loading, aren't you? You load up your basket and then you load it up as you go round and then you get to the checkout and you unload it and then you reload it into a different bag. It's so inefficient. And especially when I'm doing short shops, which I think a lot of people do in cities, you know, straight after work, just getting four or five items to have your dinner. I think this is fantastic. Just do it as you go. Yeah. I mean, this is this is if you remember, we did. Do you remember? I don't think you were on that show. You may you probably heard it, though. I I trialed the Sainsbury's cashierless shop that's just up the road from here in, in, in Hoburn Circus. And I thought it was a giant pain in the ass. And I thought if this is the future of shopping, then I'm sticking to Amazon Mm. because I had to sign up to an app first and then I had to sign up to a club card system to use within the app. And then when I went into the store, I still had to manually scan the barcodes myself with the the camera on my phone. um, And only then could I pay for that. And on top of that, I was not really any faster at checking out but I'm also giving all of that additional data and sales data over to Sainsbury's, which, you know, although fundamentally I'm not opposed to that, when it's your only choice, I didn't, I didn't like that. At least the, 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 the trade-off in this scenario, and similar to the Amazon examples in, in the US, is that this probably is a lot faster. And just being able to walk in, put stuff in a bag and leave, and just assume that the AI is doing its job properly, mm. at, at least offsets the fact that I may... At, initially have to sign up to something um but then everything after that is just it's done and dusted Mm. like that would that makes a lot more sense to me yeah i agree i would prefer that um i was just thinking uh, how's the amazon go going in the u.s well, they're opening loads of them and and it seems to be going very well yeah because because it's a more efficient use of real estate because you can have a shop yeah. that's slightly smaller. But do you not also think that we're going to start building cities with an infrastructure that doesn't necessarily have shops like this, that the delivery system, be that through drones or whatever, will be straight to your door? Because that's something that I feel like I'm currently missing. You know, I'm doing a recipe and I get to the final bit and I've got all of my ingredients laid out and I need a red chilli and I don't have a red chilli. So I have to go all the way to the you know shop to get the red chili whereas if if it was an ide- my ideal world i would just you know enter it into my tesco app and a little drone would drop off a chili i think there's a potential for that to become a very common occurrence in cities definitely mm-hmm. but i don't think it i mean i think it'll be a long long time before that is commonplace nationwide mm. because definitely having grown up in a small town like I did and and visiting that town now the big difference that I see between that town which is Buxton in Derbyshire for anyone curious and in London is that everyone in London is incredibly miserable all the time and doesn't want to talk to anybody myself included often when I'm in a shop I've got my headphones on whereas when I'm in Buxton shop people in shops they you know they chat it's a social event there's a community feel and currently conversation with a self-service checkout it's just not the two-way debate and dialogue that i've come to expect from you know mr mrs greaves that run the corner shop that used to sell us um alcohol underage it's just not it's not the same i went into marks and spencer this is a while ago now um and it was it wasn't Melon Sue, but it was somebody like that who was talking at me through my checkout. And that was the most bizarre experience. Have you heard about this? No. Sort of personalised check, A bit like we used to have with sat-navs, and it would be Stephen Fry that you could choose. And it was somebody, I can't remember, they had a whole host of people, and it was a bit 
It was a bit shocking, to be perfectly honest. I was like, I'm not sure I want this person to be. Can you imagine political party campaigns at checkouts? This is the best idea I've ever heard. I would absolutely do that. Do you know what? I tell you what, more to the point, I would pay a subscription, or rather it would entice me to buy a subscription in the first place, if I could elect Who? the voice that appeared on a self-service checker. Could you imagine someone like Brian Blessed <laughs> telling him, put your bugger buggy area? Or David Attenborough. Or David Attenborough, yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. Yeah, the, the Twix is a nervous character, <laughs> never wanting to be too close to the Mars bar. <laughs> the other thing that happened, and this is something you uh, texted me about this morning um, in terms of getting rid of cash, is, um, is Hasbro, which makes the Monopoly board game, is bringing out a cashless version of the game with digital voice banking, which keeps tracks of players' transactions. No, uh, which oh yes, which keeps track of players' transactions. So there's no banker, no thrilling um, piles of banknotes, according to the Guardian at least this week. Which I know that my brother Andy um, will be very disappointed in because, and I'm still convinced that to this day, he cheats at Monopoly. No. I know he used to. He recently admitted that he he used to, you know, he used to give himself extra money from the bank in Monopoly. And I knew it. You cannot win Monopoly by only own, owning the brown ones, the blue ones, and basically the ones that you get before Andy, jail. if you're listening, shame on you, my friend. That's what I say. I mean, I in a simultaneous uh, <laughs> a bit. Used, Scrabble? <laughs> no, I used to steal his favorite video cassettes and things like that his favorite teddy bears and then i'd say oh we're playing we're playing video video rental shops and he would then have to spend his money to um to buy them back even though they were his uh, <laughs> or if i knew there's one that he particularly wanted I, i'm sorry that's out that's that's out right now have all of the things i missed out on as an only child yeah i think it's i don't know i think it toughened him up but um, it was our first our, our first insight into into capitalism, you know, and, and running a store. So um, yeah, it, he he beat me at Monopoly. I stole his money via fake uh, corporate greed, With which, Procore. which is okay. But on the Monopoly front, I mean, it, does that miss the point? Do we want cashless Monopoly? Well, I tell you what, it's like mousetrap without the without the mice. Or I the traps. met a fourteen-year-old uh, boy called Ruben this week, right. and Ruben told me that he has started to do finance classes at school it, and how 14 at 14 okay and i thought that was brilliant because i have to say i i was 21 when i left university and was utterly clueless about finances and always in overdraft and it's something that i i struggle with to this day but this isn't this isn't finances in but this is using digital this is ca- this is cashless right yeah, so you, idea, you just, but, yeah. Yeah, but the idea would be you get a real understanding of checks and balances. Mm. So it's like that it's very early, uh, an early way of exploring and understanding money coming in and money co- coming out. But it's a game. It's not meant to be educational. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's a, it's a thing where you can buy a, ho- a hotel in Mayfair for £400. I, I mean, that's... You can barely buy a beer for four hundred pounds in Mayfair, so you definitely can't buy a round. You, you're not kidding. No, I mean, yeah, I'm not in favour of that. Let's keep the money in, in Monopoly, please. Do not want. I'll be leaving a terrible review for this product (laughs) on Amazon. Um, Well, if you have any thoughts on this, have you been, um, I don't know, what what question am I asking here? Have you wanted to get rid of money in Monopoly? Are you that kind of weird? Or are you you playing playing old school games with a kind of tech? Ah, that's a good one. 
Yes, that's a really good one. Because I know Scrabble's really got gone on apps and online, so I wonder whether there's... Yes. I mean, it's because of the old... Cluedo. Um, Cluedo. Mm. Digital Cluedo. I get that. Mm. I get that. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's your favourite digitalised board game and why is it better than the good old-fashioned original like we used to play in our Anderson shelters? Okay, well, let's jump into some feedback, I think, now. Um, We have a couple of messages I wanted to get to this week. The first one comes from Josh. He said, hi, Nate and Ian. Sorry, no Naomi. Uh, He didn't predict the future successfully enough, apparently, to know Naomi was going to be here this week. Terrible, terrible, Josh. Need a new crystal ball. Uh, Anyway, Josh says, my VPN usage is increasing, and I now want to move to a premium or paid VPN service. I've seen lots of positive reviews of some really great VPNs, but I'm on the hunt for a VPN that I can pay for monthly at a cheap or reasonable price. Do they exist? I can see that most VPNs give an equivalent monthly price on their pricing menus, but they want to bill you annually unless you pay a really high premium for the monthly privilege. So is there a good VPN that you can charge monthly and at a good price? Thanks, Josh. Um, So two things. Firstly, just for anyone who isn't familiar with why you would want a VPN, a virtual private network, uh, encrypted connection while you're on the internet. So if you're on public Wi-Fi, if you're on your office Wi-Fi or even your home network or you're browsing things that you don't want your employer to see or um, you're maybe trying to access the BBC iPlayer outside of the UK and it's blocked based on IP. So one of many, many reasons for using a VPN. Now, the one I use uh, is called AirVPN, A-I-R-V-P-N.com. I first signed up to that, I want to say probably around 2013. I initially signed up to it because I wanted a VPN that would connect over port 80. But I've stuck with it. I've paid every single month uh, since 2013. I'm still a customer of them now. I pay now on a yearly plan, but you can you can use it and get billed, I think, as frequently as for a day. Certainly three days, definitely a week, definitely a month. Um, and um, and, and I, I love it because it has, you can use, you can, I think you can have up to three simultaneously connected devices there's no speed limit there's no bandwidth limit you can change the servers that you want to connect to so whether you if you want to connect to one that's in britain when you're overseas in order to appear at home and therefore access the iplayer things like that you can change those some vpn providers will charge you extra to switch those although i think that's becoming less common but certainly vpn uh, for as long as i've been subscribing to them has never paid uh, has never um has never charged for for, for that uh, and the speeds are great i mean you know i use it on a daily basis uh constantly almost so uh, i strongly recommend that but if anyone listening has other ideas of good vpns to answer josh's question so you know paid a paid service uh, that is reasonably priced that can be subscribed to on a monthly basis um that's what he's after let us know if you have any alternatives but um air vpn is the one that uh, that that i personally use The next message came in from John. He said, Hi, Nate. Enjoyed the Amazon discussion on last week's podcast. Thought you and other listeners might like to know that Amazon offers free tours of their fulfillment centres around the country. 
It's something I wasn't aware of until recently. I don't think they're well publicized. A few of us did one last week and found it interesting and uh, thought it would appeal to other text message listeners. Uh, he includes a link where you can sign up. I'll put that in the show notes. Um, that came in um, not from last week's episode, but maybe a couple of shows before that, um, just in case you're wondering if you missed out on an episode you didn't. It was a little while ago. Um, I've actually done one of these tours myself. I did one in the new most recent fulfillment centre, at least one of the most recent ones. Um, I think it's in Kent somewhere. And it was uh, it was very enlightening. It was it was illuminating. Um, it's a lot of controversy. I know that we had a, a message from regular listener Charlotte uh, Stegall, who posted, um, you know, some of her concerns that she has around um, the fulfillment centres. And, and certainly there's a, been a lot of criticism of them. Uh, in my experience, the the one main takeaway that I notice about the fulfillment centre is that there are no chairs um, basically anywhere. So there's nowhere for people to sit down. It was all standing up. That said, a lot of the other things that I've seen people complain about, I, I didn't see much evidence of that, but I'm sure it differs up from fulfillment centre to fulfillment centre and, you know, everywhere's everywhere's different. But uh, as John says, it's good to go and see this kind of thing firsthand. Um, we'll put the link in the show notes at uktechshow.com. Well, text message keeps you informed about the British tech landscape, but let's check in with our friends at Daily Tech News Show in the US and hear what's been happening in the wider world of tech over the last week. Tom Merritt. This week on Daily Tech News Show, we talked about what Johnny Ive, sort of leaving Apple, means, if anything. Talked about a way to authenticate who you are based on your heartbeat, the good news and the bad news for job automation, and an Australian judge's decision that the publisher of a Facebook page, though not Facebook, is responsible for potentially defamatory posts made by users. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, patrons who have been supporting us, getting our ad-free versions, our extended versions. We had a very long discussion this week about Uber and uh, some changes coming that allow drivers to see where you're going before they accept a ride. And a pretty horrifying story about um, a particular Uber Eats experience that uh, was reported in The Times. That and uh, some extra those fake reviews. That's all in the Patreon version this week. And thank you to everyone supporting us and getting those from patreon.com forward slash UK tech. And thank you, Naomi Kerbel of Show Me The Way podcast for joining us for yet another. You always spark the delights of our listeners. Where can they find more of you right now? You can find me uh, at Show Me The Way, which is on Twitter and on Instagram, Show Me Pod. And do subscribe to my podcast. I think there are there's some nice... Um, Nice interviews in there. I've got one coming up with Mandu Reed, the leader of the Women's Equality Party. Okay. What's the most recent one you have on your feed right now? I was thinking because I'm one behind on yours because I listened to um, the one you did about a month ago, I, which was... Um, that was with um, Catherine Sol Solman, the UK, the US career coach. Uh, no, the author, Maeve, Maeve Harron. Maeve, yes, yeah. that's the most recent one. Right. I, I heard. Okay, so there's one more after that with Catherine Sargent, who is a tailor, who uh, was the first female tailor to open up a shop on Savile Row. Wow. Yeah, but she was told by um, a woman who she was measuring that um, women should be shop girls or manicurists. And luckily, she didn't follow that advice. 
not a tech angle, but a very interesting angle. I would uh, strongly <laughs> encourage uh, re- listening to that. I haven't heard that particular one yet, but if it's anything like the ones that came before, I'm sure it is magnificent. I'll be listening to it later. That's Show Me The Way podcast, so do check that out. Naomi, thank you very much for joining us again. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. And thank you, everybody, again for listening. We will see you in a week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.